0: in today's episode we're going to try a few new things one uh we've got a new mic so let me know what you think about the audio levels and also i broke this podcast down into sections the first section is a book review that book is can't hurt me by david goggins that will uh, proceed immediately after this intro then around the nine and a half minute mark i'm actually going to be giving an update on some passive income that i actually was able to generate from one of my youtube videos around the 13 and a half minute mark, I'm going to be touching on the recent Capitol Hill rioting and just general polarization uh, when it comes to politics. And the last topic we're gonna be talking about uh, right around the 21 minute mark is actually a follow-up to our last episode uh, where we're talking about purging and organizing and uh, radical accountability. So stick around, let me know what you think, and uh, catch you guys on the other side. Section one my thoughts on the new book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. The book that I wanted to talk about was actually an audiobook that I just finished uh, listening to just this week and that book is called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. So I first heard about David Goggins about, I don't know, maybe five years ago. I actually was listening to a book by Jesse Itzler, uh, Living with a Seal. And after I read that book, and the premise of that book is basically Jesse Itzler, who is the uh, husband of Sarah Blakely, the owner of Spanx. Jesse also did a whole bunch of different things from an entrepreneurship standpoint. But long story short, he hired this Navy SEAL to come live with them. And the book kind of explains what that was like, um, what they did, how he trained Jesse on more than just fitness. It was almost like trying to train someone to be ready for anything at any given time. Well, after I read that book, I Googled who's the seal in this book and it was David Goggins. So that's how I first kind of recognized his name. And then really over the past, Four to five years, he's just become more and more um, popular as his message has gotten out, and um, I think it's just really resonating with a lot of people right now. Now, the audiobook is different than really any audiobook I've ever listened to. What they actually do it was him and his ghostwriter. Uh, the ghostwriter will actually read the chapter, and then after that, they almost have like a podcast style conversation about uh, the content uh, from that chapter, which is really, really helpful. Um, there's a lot that David adds to the stories. There's a lot of uh, additional context and and kind of more like behind the scenes or explainers um, regarding each chapter. So, it's, so you really get a deeper understanding uh, for what he's saying. So, one, I just really, really like that. It's the only audiobook I've ever heard like that. And I think that that probably makes for this particular book, the audiobook significantly more um, appealing and just easier to understand and better overall than uh, the paperback. But the book itself and David's message uh, in general. Is really about trying to be what he calls hard, right? And, and I think the definition of, of hard uh, for David would be um, really about your mentality and pushing yourself and trying to, one, realize that you're probably living well under your, your threshold and in the endeavors, whatever they might be, physical or, or business or, or what have you, that you're probably not giving the maximum effort and you probably never even tried really to push yourself past, um, your initial breaking point. And really what he does is he talks about his, his background, where he came up, um, in a very, very rough and violent household had learning disabilities, a terrible time reading, um, dealt with racism and to move through all of that and to really discover himself on the other side of tremendous, almost like physical pain um, through trying to achieve some of these different initiatives, whether it's becoming a Navy SEAL, which he actually had to go to boot camp three times, or not boot camp, but buds three times in order to actually pass and become a SEAL. And then from there, he went to Ranger school and he also went to Delta school. And then he ran these ultra marathons. He just did all of these things that were testing his really his, his mental capacity, just as much as his physical capacity. And what the book really drives home is that we as a society are just living so comfortably. And his thing is that you're leaving so much on the table and what he tries to demonstrate through his story and communicating his story in really a very vulnerable way is that on the other side of that pain, that's where you really find yourself and you really start to discover what you're actually capable of. And I find that very, I don't wanna use the word inspiring because that seems very, um, very temporary. But it is there is a certain inspiration um, and motivation that comes from listening to someone push themselves so hard. There is definitely a part of me that's like, man, what what would I what might I be able to do if I were to ever push myself that hard in one particular area? So that that's very inspiring, um, I think. Another very interesting thing. Is that towards the end of the book, after he kind of goes through this, um, trying to be hard and trying to basically achieve all of these different scenarios, all these different you know accomplishments and and physical physical um, competitions and and all of these things. What he really comes back around to is that how you treat yourself, how you treat others and um, your ability to be gracious and civil with other people, your relationships, those things really do matter. And even if you are pushing yourself more so than somebody else, it doesn't mean that, that you should be mean to them or put them down or look down on them. So it is very interesting that at the end of this very... Um, physical and demonstrative kind of personality that what he does come to realize is the relationships or lack thereof um, are really something that, that is important and not only should you try to push yourself and get better and constantly grow and kind of reset your, your own limitations, But while you're doing that, do that in a way that you're not ostracizing yourself and um, looking down on others because maybe they're not doing the same things the same way that you are. So I thought that that was a very nice way to kind of round out the book, right? In the sense that it's not just about achievement, that there is an emotional side to that, a relational side to that, that is also very important. And that should be considered throughout, um, your competitive journey or whatever that may, or whatever that might be, whether it's physical or in the classroom or in business. And I found that to be very, um, very applicable in today's world. And I also think that it's true. I think that how you approach the the people in your life, the situations in your life, are just as important as how you approach uh, any other uh, milestone or um, effort, so or initiative. So I thought that was really good. So I'd highly, highly recommend you checking out David's book. Can't hurt me. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit vulgar, um, a little in your face. But I think that it is definitely worth a read, and will definitely have you reconsidering uh, what maximum effort really looks like for you, and um, if you're possibly living maybe a little bit too a little bit too much in the comfort zone. I know that's what it made me think. So check out David's book; it's great. Section two: update on passive income. So I've been making. YouTube videos and podcasts and had websites for quite some time. And never have I really been in a position that any of those things were really big enough to actually generate any money uh, passively, right? Everybody talks about passive income and how great it is. And all you need to do is you know start a youtube channel and then start a blog and then start your podcast and then before you know it you'll get ads etc etc and before you know it you'll be making money while you sleep well i'm here to tell you that it's not that easy and after doing it for several years still uh not quite at that level granted uh probably not investing nearly as much time as some of these other people are doing are doing it and that is probably very indicative of why, um, let's say some of that passive income hasn't come pouring in as one might dream, but I did want to just talk about something that happened today, which is pretty cool. I actually got, um, a referral bonus through uh, a website called, called Rakuten that I mentioned in one of my YouTube videos. And I thought that was really, really neat. It I made the video probably a month ago. It was a video on my rooftop tent that I purchased for my Jeep Wrangler. And I talked about uh, how I went about purchasing it and how I was able to save some money. And I put the referral link in my description and said, hey, if you're interested in this, check this out. You'll get some money back. Um, And so will I. So a totally random person from YouTube clicked on that link, registered. And, um, you know, I got, I think it was a $20 referral bonus just out of nowhere, randomly uh, in the middle of the day today. I got the email and more than anything, I think, um, more than the fact that it was $20, uh, or, uh, that it was any money at all. It's just the fact that like you did it, right? Like it's like the first time it's almost like proof (laughs) that uh, what you're doing or the direction you're heading in might uh, add value for other people, but also have uh, a a payoff for you too, that is more so than just the payoff of uh, creating something that, that you believe in, right? It's actually tangible. And I wasn't doing anything Uh, Directly in order to make that money. Now, sure, I had to create the video and post the video and and all of that, but this was a month ago. So I just thought that was so cool. That made me feel like doing something right. So I definitely would encourage you, whatever you might be doing, whatever the initiative is, just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, because you never know when uh, you might see that door open just a little bit. Now it's not open all the way, that's for sure. But it was very, it was a very good feeling to, to get that email and just know that, um, that maybe what you're doing is, is working to a degree and that you should keep it up. So I thought that was cool. I wanted to share that with you guys. Section three, the Capitol Hill rioting, and my thoughts on political polarization. So let's talk about politics, everybody's favorite topic. Not really, I don't want to talk about politics at all. But what I do want to talk about is the fact that a lot of what's been happening really over the past four years, but longer than that, uh, with the Capitol and the rioting and the fact that people actually got inside of it, the underlying concern of mine more so than the perception uh, that this cast not only to the american citizens but to citizens of the world is really the thing that sticks out to me more than anything is how social media played such a role in all of this and i'm not trying to call out social media as a bad guy but the fact that you can deliver a message to millions and millions of people without any and i'm not i don't want to say that there has to be some type of gatekeeper but You could put out a message and that message could reinforce and or incite violence or um, potential for violence. And there's nothing really that anybody can do to stop that because the free flow of information is part of the appeal of social media and the platform that it provides is part of the appeal of social media. But the fact that you have these tweets that are going out almost encouraging or reinforcing the, the activities and then you have all the followers retweeting it and, and it just creates such a, such a snowstorm, a snowstorm, a snowball effect that to me, it becomes very concerning if you were to project that out and say, okay, well, what happens when these followings continue to get bigger and bigger and the polarization across these, these applications, um, that these algorithms really foster gets worse and worse and worse. And the, and the sides get more and more at the extremes. And there's less and less overlap and, and any middle ground thinking is that how are these platforms going to be regulated to the sense that things like this can't happen or at least it's not as easy for them to happen while maintaining the freedom of speech and also the freedom of that comes with these platforms, right? I mean, I can post just about anything I want on YouTube within reason, uh, professing any number of different topics that I may believe in. And that's great, but it also could be potentially damaging. Same thing with Twitter, same thing with, with Facebook. Like, how do you balance freedom of speech and, and providing platforms for people to share their ideas with making sure that those ideas don't, you know, incite a riot. I mean, I don't know how you would wrap your head around that. Like how, how might you even approach that? How do you even begin to wrap your arms around uh, a topic like that? I mean, the fact that the next day, uh, I believe Twitter and Facebook Ban the president's accounts just goes to show how powerful those platforms are. Because really that felt like one of the strongest stands in regards to all of this from a preventative standpoint. And these are for profit social media platforms. Like when these got started, they weren't thinking of having to um monitor potentially uh political unrest unrest through the tweets and or messages or likes or videos that are posted on their platforms like that wasn't in the initial design plan i mean it's just so crazy so to me the the thing that becomes very concerning and, and the thing that i'm definitely thinking about and interested to see how it plays out is just how do you approach this type of problem when it's relatively new and the technology is new, but not only is the technology new, but it's changing so fast that you literally don't have the time to wait or to test to see what the ramifications are going to be. So it's a very, very interesting and scary situation, I think, because if we get it wrong, the results might be catastrophic. And I'm not exactly sure what you even would do next to try to mitigate for that. So it'll be interesting to see as we go into this new presidency, um, what the tone is. I definitely imagine it will be far less extreme, but the power of these social media platforms has, I think, only been amplified Over these past four years, as you see how much these platforms can influence and drive really um, sentiment and thinking and with the rise of fake news and the inability really for the average person to distinguish between that and reality with insulary thinking um, continuing and these algorithms continuing continually feeding people with more and more information that aligns with the information they're already consuming. I just think that all those things combined makes for almost like a perfect storm. So it'll be very interest interesting to see how those things might, unfold over the next six months, year, five years, even. So we shall see. Not feeling too hot about it. That's for sure. Section number four, an update from our last episode on purging, organizing, and radical accountability. Based on our last episode, because last time we were talking about five things we were going to do for 2021, and one of those was purge and another one was organized and i just wanted to provide a little update from a uh, self oh and one of the other ones was uh radical accountability so of the five there's three that i'm going to touch on right now and just provide a little update i went through a lot of my gear um pulled out some things that i didn't want to keep and listed those things on facebook marketplace and Didn't really get a tremendous amount of hits off of that. Just a lot of people trying to basically give you $5 for things that are worth significantly more than that, but posted them on eBay as well. And as of this morning, I had sold a thousand dollars worth of equipment. I sold a camera. I sold a lens. I sold what else did I sell? I sold a mixer I sold a recorder and I sold a mic but I wasn't using any of these things like literally I'm just gonna free up space in my office so it probably took me 25 minutes to take the pictures and list those things it'll probably take me probably let's say 30 minutes maybe an hour to package them all up and send them off but a thousand dollars in um, money, a thousand dollars in money, a thousand dollars for equipment that I wasn't using anyways. Even if eBay takes whatever, their 10% fee, that's still 900 bucks. I mean, this equipment's just sitting here, taking up space and, you know, diminishing in value. The only thing that might possibly retain the value uh, over time would be the lenses. But the cameras, the recorders, all that stuff, the longer you keep it and don't use it, the less it's going to be worth when you do end up selling it. So hopefully you have been able to take a look at at what you have and uh, get rid of some stuff, whether it's selling it or donating it or just throwing it away. If you have, high five. Um, But yeah, just want to provide a little update there just to uh, keep with the whole... Purge, organize, and the radical accountability. Three of our five things for 2021. Oop. And that wraps up another episode of the Untucked podcast. If you like this episode, uh, consider subscribing or sharing it with a friend or leaving a review. All those things help uh, us find more people. And let me know what you think about the audio testing out a new mic and also the format. Did you like the breakdown into different sections? Uh, interested to hear what you guys think until next time. See ya.